Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 3 of Soul Food, which is about food. And my guess is that you're probably fasting, and I hope this isn't going to make you even more hungry. I know it's day 3 of Ramadan, so we're still kind of getting adjusted uh, to fasting the long summer days. But we're going to talk in this episode about the spiritual dangers of food and the relationship that physical food actually has on our hearts. So there's the physical food and the relationship that it has in our own spiritual cultivation. We'll also look at the Prophet own hunger and fasting and how he dealt with food. And then we'll talk about the middle way that we can try to uh, implement in our lives, inshallah. So this episode, episode three, will be about food. And the next episode is going to be about lust and the sexual desire. And the two are actually very closely related because they deal with the spiritual vice of greed, of like this insatiable desire. And it relates to food and it relates to sort of lust as well. So they'll be inter interconnected, inshallah. But we'll focus specifically today on food and its impact on the heart. Alhamdulillah, being in Ramadan, uh, it is a time that we're all more conscientious about giving into our desires. Fasting, which is this beautiful form of, of worship and one of the most rewarded and powerful forms of worship, it helps us not give in to the habitual things that we always give into. So on most days we wake up, uh, you know, you might have a cup of coffee or you might have breakfast or whatever it may be, whatever your daily routine is, and Ramadan interrupts that. So it's just kind of like your daily routine has to change because food and drink is no longer on the table until, uh, until sunset, right? So it allows us to reassess our habits and kind of our own desires and what we normally give into. And it is one of the most important forms of worship specifically because it suppresses the nafs. It suppresses our lower desire, our egotistical tendencies that are always saying, give me, give me, give me, more, 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 mine, mine, mine. But in Ramadan, it controls that by cutting off food uh, to the nafs, right, to, to one's body. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said in a beautiful hadith that really describes the, the magnitude of fasting. He says, Muslim. In a hadith narrated by Imam Muslim, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that Allah the Blessed and Exalted says, every good deed is rewarded 10 times its amount to 700 times, except for fasting. 
it is mine and I give its reward. And this is narrated by Imam Muslim. Scholars say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it is mine and I reward it because the magnitude is beyond enumeration. You can't put a number on that which Allah directly will reward himself. So it is a sign of the, the, the greatness and the exaltedness of fasting. And scholars say largely that has a lot to do with controlling our nafs. And as we see in Ramadan, people are much more engaged in worship. People are much more uh, inclined towards the recitation of Quran. A lot, because, a lot to, has to do with that because of the blessedness of Ramadan, but there is a direct relationship on controlling our desires and being more disciplined in how we eat and how we interact uh, throughout our day. And that, that relates directly to fasting. So Ramadan is meant to be the way that it was set out by Allah and His Messenger is that it's meant to be a time where we abstain from things, right? It's meant to be a time where we're not as extravagant and we're not engaging in excess in things that we would outside of Ramadan. Unfortunately, I would say in today's world, uh, I've lived in, in Muslim countries and grew up in different places and, and not necessarily just Muslim countries. A lot of Muslim societies and Muslim families, they use it as a time of excess, right? It's a time where people, uh, you know, go all out. When they invite people over for a flood, they put the full spread on the table. They try to show their own sort of, you know, they try to show off in a lot of ways. I'm not you know, pointing fingers at anyone, but that's just kind of, it's become a norm that you really have to go all out in Ramadan. So someone might say, what's the big deal with eating food? Like, why are you going on, you know, this tangent? Why are you going into this topic? What's the big deal with food? It's just food. Um, and now there's an even, you know, an even more pervasive culture of people being foodies and you know, being really particular and having to go to like these really exquisite restaurants and take pictures and Instagram the food that they're eating and describe the food that they're eating. And the relationship between the desire of food and the desire of, you know, the, the, the sexual desire, it's amazing that in popular culture, pictures of food are called food porn. I just think that that's a really interesting correlation and that the scholars of the spiritual sciences have said that those are the two desires of the body that are the hardest to control. And those are the two desires that are controlled by fasting, right? And if we look in today's society at the mass production of food, the way that meat, meat doesn't grow on a farm anymore. Meat grows in factories, right? This mass production feeding humanity's greed of food and more food. It has really led to a detrimental effect on the environment and the you know gross mistreatment of animals. And that's harmful. Like that's not what we as Muslims, people of faith, we're not meant to to destroy. We're meant to sort of treat things in a, in the balance, that to take care of everything's everything pro properly and put it in its proper place. And food in and of itself, the excess of food is dangerous spiritually. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that. He says in a hadith narrated by Imam al-Tirmidhi, which is sound, he says, the son of Adam, the human being, does not fill a vessel worse than his stomach. 
it is enough for the son of Adam to eat a few bites to stand straight. In other words, it's enough just to have whatever you need to function. And then he goes on, he says, But if necessary, then a third for his food, a third for his drink, and a third for himself. Right? That is, that's the exception. The exception is to do a third for food, a third for drink, and a third for oneself, like keeping a third empty. That's the exception. The, 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 what the prophet wants to establish is that we don't eat to excess. So eating a lot of food is spiritually dangerous. Right? Eating a lot of food is something that hardens the heart, that increases the power of the desires. Uh, so we have to be really careful with how we engage with food and how we engage with how much we give in to our base desires because that directly relates to our hearts and souls. A Sayyida Aisha, the mother of the believers, Lady Aisha, may Allah be well pleased with her, she said something amazing. She said the first bid'ah to appear after the Prophet, the first innovation, like blameworthy innovation, to appear after the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, was that people would eat until they became full. That that was something in the time of the Prophet and with his community was not a norm at all. That after him, the first bad thing to creep into the community was people eating until they were full, right? This extravagance, this excess. Imam al-Ghazali, may God have mercy on him, when he talks about fasting and breaking the two desires, the desire of food and the desire of lust, he lists 10 benefits of fasting, of which I'll just share three. So he says one of the benefits of fasting is that it softens the heart, that when one uh, uh, is in a state of hunger, that it softens the heart and it makes it more pure so that it can accept guidance. And it kind of breaks the egotistical hold of the nafs. The second benefit we'll mention is that it is a reminder, being in a state of hunger is a reminder for times of difficulty and to think of those who are constantly in need and in a state of difficulty. That it reminds one of times where things are not always good. And it keeps one fresh in their mind that comfort is not necessarily a given in life. And to also be mindful of those who are in need so that one can also uh, empathize with them and help them out. The third benefit that we'll mention from his 10 benefits is that it's good for one's health. That fasting and actually not always satiating oneself is actually good for overall health. And, you know, as, as a lot of studies show today, that many diseases are linked to obesity. So there's so many benefits from not always giving into food. That, and it's something that affects the spiritual organ of our heart. And it affects the, the, the softness of our heart and the strength of this nafs, which is kind of always trying to give in to its own desires and not look for what's best overall that we need to be really careful with how we deal with food, how much we give in to our desires. What we'll look at now is the middle way. So what is the middle way? Someone might say, okay, you sound like you're talking about Islam as like a being like a monk. You can't eat anything and you can't be full and you're being kind of extreme and unrealistic. And, you know, someone might be critical and say that. That's cool. There is a middle way. 
there is a way that we can actually achieve this. And the Prophet ﷺ, he was described as living that in everything, particularly when it came to eating and fasting. So Sayyidah Aisha ﷺ, she said that the Prophet would fast continuously day after day until we would think that he would never have a day where he would actually eat. And then he would break his fasting when it was obviously outside of Ramadan. He would break his fasting and eat normally for days on end until we thought that he wouldn't fast again. So he would fast a lot and then he would also have many days where he would eat normally. But even when he ate, he didn't fill himself up. Even when he ate, he didn't stuff himself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَقُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا That he says, eat and drink as we have permitted, but do not be excessive. Do not be extravagant. Don't overdo it. Eat what's good. Drink what's good. Take care of yourselves. Eat things that are healthy, but you don't have to be excessive. You don't have to fill yourself up. You don't have to have the finest delicacies all the time. You don't have to go to the most extravagant restaurants all the time. Because that is bad for you spiritually. That is harmful for your heart. And it, you know, it hardens the heart and it strengthens the nafs. Which is the exact opposite of the purpose of Ramadan. Right? So what is the takeaway point? The call to action today, inshallah, this is the call to action. At iftar, today, if it's, you know, you're still waiting for iftar time. At the next iftar, don't stuff yourself. You know, even if you're invited over someone's house, even if people are saying, you know, in a lot of Arab, uh, in Arab households and Arab culture, is that they're like, force you to stuff yourself till there's like no more room. They're like, oh, you don't like our food. What's wrong with you? Come on, eat, 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 eat. Even if you're invited over someone's house, don't stuff yourself. Say, Alhamdulillah, I've had enough. I'm good. And that gives you more strength in taraweeh. It keeps you, you know, in better... Uh, health overall and it's better for you spiritually and then another thing a long-term call to action is to keep a habit of fasting outside of ramadan if it's one day a month three days a month twice a week whatever you can do in your life is to keep a habit of fasting outside of ramadan so that you have that shift in your habit where you're not always eating and giving in to the desire of food we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He purifies uh, our hearts and that He accepts our fasting and that our fasting is sincerely for His sake and that we benefit from our fasting. And we're not just, you know, fasting throughout the day to go ex all out ex in extravagance at night, but that we're recognizing that fasting is about suppressing the desires and not giving in to every desire. And that Allah reward you and reward all of us and bless you and bless the entire ummah in this beautiful month. Jazakumullah khair for listening and inshallah we'll see you tomorrow. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.